Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Legends of League, the podcast. Now, you know the Legends of League, the tournament. Okay, we've had it in Newcastle. We've had it on the Central Coast very successfully. People ask us when's it coming back. Well, obviously, we've got to take a break with it because of COVID-19. In the meantime, we present to you this Legends of League podcast. And where do we do it at? The Four Pines Brew Pub at Manly. Have you tried Four Pines? Sometimes I say to my wife, I'm only going to have one, but it's one like that. This is absolutely beautiful. It's the great beer. It's Four Pines. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody loves it. And they present our podcast. uh, And it's going to be underway very shortly. Two very, very special guests today. We go old school. Two blokes that have a lot of things in common. The great Luke Lewis and Chris Hyington. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to our Legends of League podcast. You know about our Legends of League tournament, which we have on the Central Coast. We've had it at Newcastle. Uh, everybody loved the tournament. It will be back soon as we get through this COVID-19 palaver. But right now we're doing a Legends of League podcast, and we do it at the Four Pines Brew House in Manly. That's where we are right now, and it's all thanks to Four Pines Brewing. Give this one a go. The Pacific Ale Throw it in the freezer. Don't leave it in there too long, but just chill it up and then it'll go down. Beautiful. Four Pines Pacific Ale is our favourite at the moment. Maroon's my name, by the way. And joining me for this week's edition is a couple of blokes that played more than 300 games in the NRL. Uh, Grand final legends. First to you, Luke Lewis. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Maroon. It's good to be here and uh, good to see my little mate, Hino, here. We haven't caught up with each other for a while, so it's good to see his face. Yeah, it is good to see you, Chris Hyington. Yeah, it's good to be. Um, I am little now, the way Groove is getting them biceps big <laughs> yeah. and strong. So, yeah, it's good to but be here. Thanks for having me. You're up there on the sunny coast, living in Wombrel. Aren't you working as a uh, personal trainer? Yeah, I've got like a strength and conditioning business. Um, got a few surfers going. So, um, Jeez, somehow, you, don't like you, look, you don't look like you've been doing much, old mate. I've been doing, yeah, I haven't been in the gym, <laughs> but I've been surfing a fair bit, right, which yeah. has been fun. But, uh, yeah, really enjoying life after footy. And what's the go of the uh, the beanie, mate? It's like a, a Central Coast crash helmet or something, no, is it? No, it is freezing cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> Louis said to wear it for um, live for this, but um, maybe I should be taking it off. Yeah. Right, you could be go. the beanie guy. You could be like come get a, jo- a gig on TV with, as the beanie guy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. With, with nothing that. else on. Yeah, I, well, I haven't got nothing else on now. Well, you're not wearing any pants, but that's <laughs> good because it reminds me that I was going to ask you about this. As soon as you two got together today, after you had a kiss and a cuddle, you were talking about some bet you had in 2016 about a, a certain <laughs> part of your anatomy, Hino. Yeah, um, well, I haven't lived it down, to be honest. Well, but what it was, is it? It was a James Maloney little um, – well, we made a bet. But the bet was meant to stay within the club, but Jimmy Maloney let it out to some reporter for some ridiculous reason. <laughs> and I remember the time um, we weren't going too good. We might have lost a few or maybe we were on two week winning, a two-game winning streak and we set a bet. But um, I don't know if I can actually say what happened. Yeah, maybe can, Groover can. can. No, so we actually set a bet and the bet was, well, we're all sort of listening to it and then he sort of, as a bit of a joke, said, mate, if I win the comp, mate, you can... I'll cut my foreskin off for you. Right. And I go, what? I think it's... And then everyone sort of... Everyone was listening. <laughs> and everyone got involved. And then slowly but surely we started winning three games, four games, five games, seven games. So when we got to seven games, James Loney gets started ringing up the doctor. Actually, his name was Dr. Dilly. And uh, <laughs> actually set up an appointment for uh, Chris Hyington. Right. And um, I think his name was all booked out. And then we all said, 
well, if we get to the end and we win, we're all going to pitch in for the operations. How so. much was it, I wonder, Louis? Oh, I can't remember. It wasn't ex- super expensive. Right. About well, we called him after we won the comp. We called him on the Monday, I think, and uh, never forget it. Jimmy got through to the guy somehow. He usually goes to the reception, but he said it was James Maloney or whatever and got to the guy. And um, it was a three-month nappy. Maybe. He had to wear a nappy. I said, I'm out. Oh, <laughs> no yeah. way I'm wearing a nappy around for two to three yeah. months. I was going to say, you, you never got it done. I but guess. it was meant to be within the group and James Maloney – let it, out. Let it out. And you wouldn't believe it. Flano come up to me and goes, what's this? And it was on his phone, the article. Oh. And it said, and I said, mate, honestly, it was between Jimmy and I and then it's Jimmy and the team and then he somehow told a reporter. I couldn't believe it. Still haven't forgiven him for it, but that's still Jimmy Maloney for you. Still haven't had it done. Won't get it done. Yeah, no need. Hey, guys, uh, <laughs> let's talk about your careers that have been amazing when I was at home there. Uh, just having a little bit of a look around at what you blokes have done. And you, you, you've got very similar careers. You, you're both in the 300 club. Um, you know, you both won a premiership elsewhere. You you were obviously with the Tigers, Hino, and then and, and you, Louis, with the Panthers in 2003. Then you come together at this Cronulla side. And this Cronulla side, at that time, like you, uh, Chris, had come from the, the, the Tigers. So many Tigers players were there, weren't they? Bo Ryan, Blake Ashford. Bryce Gibbs, Andrew Fafita. What happened there? Why were all those Tigers players there? Well, um, I think everyone was back-ended contracts. So you're, oh, not so good money, okay money. Then you get your good money, you know, in your third year. So there was, I think, five or six players on the good money. So they had to move some players. Um, I was one of them. There was, yeah, there was Bryce Gibbs, I think, went a year early. Um, myself, like you said. Blake H. Would, so, yeah, we all ended up at the Sharks. But um, back, I think, it was 2013, we all – was. Groover, myself, Gordon, Bowie. Bowie Ryan come as well at the same time. Uh, yeah, just, it was pretty much overnight I got moved on, um, which was disappointing at the time because I was there for 10 years, 200 games at the mm-hmm. Tigers. And you feel like you're going to – that's your club for the rest Forever. of your life. Yeah. But, you know, um, I moved on, got over it, and, you know, we had some good years there. I'll tell you a funny story because just before that had happened, um, I was obviously at Penrith, never thought I'd leave Penrith either. And mm. um, when I actually uh, was – talking to different clubs, I almost went to the Tigers because Hino and the boys that were there and had a really good side, had a good coach in Tim Sheens and I thought, oh, we'll make a move over there. And obviously Sheensy moved on as well. That when I agreed to the, uh, the Sharks, I went. I actually went to Hawaii on a footy trip and I was reading the paper and I'd just seen Chris Hyington sign with um, with the Sharkies mm-hmm. and, and Bo, Bo Ryan and these guys are why I was going there because you know, I heard that they're really good fellas to have in, a good, good team um, people and mate, probably one of the best team teammates and guys that keep the, the team around here sitting right to me lefty and Chris Hyneton. So we actually all went over it and it was awesome because I actually got the best of both worlds. Well. got to play with some guys that I really looked up to and loved playing against mm. and heard that they're the players that you want to play with. So that was unreal. But we actually got over there and it was a bit of a crazy time. Wasn't mm. it? Like we, uh, that was when the whole club started going through the, the Asada investigation. Yeah. And I remember we, we actually got segregated a lot because what was happening with the club, they all had to go over and do their own thing. And then the guys would come in, we had nothing to do with it. So we weren't allowed to know what was going on. So we were basically just coffee mates, the, the four of us, me, Michael Gordon, Hino and Bowie Ryan, just yeah. had, had, having coffees every um, every day pretty much by ourselves. So it was a crazy time, but I think we had to go through that crazy time to, to appreciate what we actually got to experience together as well. Yeah, well, I think you, you two blokes more than any other players probably – you know, define what we love about rugby league because of your stories 
and what you've gone through and what you've had to do to get the success you've had. Starting with you again, Chris. Like, there's that great story about you living up there on the Central Coast as a kid and jumping on the bloody train every day to come down and train with the Tigers. Now, in this day and age when you hear about players who don't want to play on the wing, they want to play fullback and they want to break contracts and they want this and that. That's a beautiful story, mate. To, yeah, you know? we're um, the bushfires and I couldn't get up the M1. I was called the F3 back in the day and I called a ferry, bus, train, taxi. It was funny. It was Roycey Simmons and um, Tim Sheens. I had to be there at 10 o'clock. took me – I was first ferry, I think, maybe 6.30, first ferry. So it took me over three hours. And um, the first person I saw was Roycey. He goes, mate, you're late. But he knew what I've done to get yeah. the training. He goes, on the row, he got 10 300-metre rows. I mean, the minute which he would have yeah. done as a player, and I was like, oh, just bit my tongue, jumped on there, did me row, and then Sheensy comes out, what are you doing? Get off that row. And then Royce is in the corner laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was another time where in 2005 I got dropped around two or three, but I didn't know at the time. I thought I was playing on a Saturday afternoon at 5.30. I was, in the, I was on the way to the game. It was about three o'clock, and Sheensy called me. So pulled over, got the phone call. He goes, oh, no, I've never felt this bad, mate, but – you're playing reserve grade at Henson Park. This is two and a half hours before I thought I was playing first grade. You'll get there for the second half. So I've turned around. I thought, what's going on here? Yeah. I went and played. I was obviously upset. Um, never got dropped again. Next, I didn't hit him up and say why or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I reckon a lot of players would have called their manager and yeah. and said, I want out. But um, I stick solid and got back to training, ripped in, and I had a good 10 years, never got dropped again. Mm. Um, I think it was a test. Um, but uh, we won the grand final yeah. that season as well. So Best interview ever I heard after the grand final. Yeah, I mean, so that, never forget that one. Player raps, Ray Warren's your biggest supporter. Chris, what about this? Yeah, mate, it's f***ing awesome, mate. You, you don't know how to f***ing... You can't say... Well, you've no words for him, Matty. It's just f***ing unbelievable. You die for these blokes, you know. them fragments. Friends for life now, Matty. Friends for life, mate. Good on you, mate. You enjoy it. We'll, have a um, well, everyone brings it up now. still... I don't know, everyone sends it to me yeah. after. Awesome. But three F words in 11 seconds. But there used to be a delay. <laughs> no, it used to go out live. But I set a delay. So I changed the game at Rugby League. Now, there was a 12-second delay for a while after my interview. But it was funny. Uh, Steve Noyce was the CEO at the time, and he made me go and do a media course after that. I said, mate, yeah. will you get me that excited? How are you going to ever get that excited again? But I went and did the media course, learned a bit about it all. But... Yeah, it's still um, 15 years later, still paying the price yeah. for that interview. Yeah, people still bring it up. Let's have a look at these games in the last round. I want to get in this uh, edition of the podcast some thoughts of, of what's going on in and around the game at the moment. Melbourne 27, Roosters 25 in the round just gone. A lot of people calling that one of the great club games of the last couple of decades. Did you see it that way, Louis? I have to agree. I think it was the greatest game I've seen for a long, long time, for at least three or four years. But uh, what I loved about it is I was – Sitting all around actually watching it, and um, I didn't want to take my eyes off it. But that last 10, 15 minutes yeah. where they had that little sequence of the, the scores changing and Cam Smith kicking that yeah. field goal, I mean, the, the goal kick, and then going up Cole Fleming and getting his opportunity, mm. and then the perfect field goal from Luke Keary to then like 40 seconds to go, Ryan Pappenhausen comes up with a, a field goal he's never kicked before. So uh, that, little ex- that little passage for me was just, it was unbelievable. And the quality of football that was played was excellent. It wasn't a real polished game of footy like everyone's been saying and, and it's so true but it, ha- it had everything and these two sides I believe the Roosters were a class above any other team in, in, in the competition at the moment but uh, you know Manly sort of stood up they played some I mean Melbourne Storm sorry stood up had a great game of um, 
footy, but they did it without their 5'8 as well in Cameron Munster. So yeah. all in all, I felt it was an outstanding game of football. And uh, these two sides and clubs, you know, just show why they're sitting at the top of the goal. Absolutely. And and I don't know, Chris, you probably would have had something to do with, with young Flano, Kyle Flanagan, and that, that little, if you want to call it a project experiment, that's coming along so well at the Roosters. But it would do with Luke Keary beside you and the likes of Cordner and Jackie Friend, etc. Yeah, he's got some real good players. And then the Morris brothers, they've been on fire as oh, well. Yeah. But um, Flano's had a few pre-seasons. He was in training with us at the Sharks when he was young. So he's probably on his fifth pre-season mm-hmm which is, you know, showing results in his performance. You know, he's uh, kicking goals from the sideline. He's not playing um, a typical role as a halfback. He's not touching the ball as much as the 5'8 there, but he's doing a really good job. I think Melbourne sent a lot of defence at him and he handled it really well for a small fella. I think he, well, for half time, he's made over 21 tackles, which is a lot of tackles for a halfback. Raiders uh, 22, Dragons 16. I won't go too much into that one other... uh only to say that the rate, you know, the Dragons aren't going to probably do much this year. Maybe string a couple more wins together. The Raiders just need to find some some consistency. But Parramatta forty two, North Queensland Cowboys eight. Considering Louis that Mitch Moses didn't play in this game, uh, where do you see the Eels? Are they oh, genuine? They're, they're genuine yeah. threats this year. I do believe that. I think they're. Uh, the Cowboys, they could have took their foot off the the pedal and sort of just cruised through that game and, and maybe just won or whatever, but. Then had Mitch Moses out, they had excuses. But for me, um, the leadership that, that was there the other night, Michael Jennings, Sean Lane, absolutely awesome. That left whole left edge was amazing. I'm really massive raps on Dylan Brown. I think he's a superstar um, 5'8 coming through the game. Clint Gufferson for me was unbelievable. His goal kicking was amazing. His fullback, uh, when he was at fullback catching the ball, I haven't seen him do this in a game before. He bit his pins his ear back and just running hard and direct mm. straight back in, just showing a whole lot of leadership. Mm. Uh, but they put a real good score on. Reed Marnie's service out of dummy half for me is just absolutely spot on. Uh, so I, my only concern with Parramatta this year is that if they lose someone like Reed Marnie, who have they got to come and fill in? Yeah. But they, they showed that jo, um, Jay Field can come in, fill the role, uh, do what he has to do, focus on his running game and Parramatta forwards uh, in obviously Roger, um, Regan Campbell-Gillard and mm. Junior Paulo are probably playing the best football I've seen. Mm. So they've they've ticked all the boxes all over the park and I've got to give a massive rap to um, uh, Brad, uh, Brad Arthur. Yeah. So I, I think what he's done with this Parramatta side is he's got everyone on the same page, everyone knowing their job, knowing their role and just executing and I think he's got the best out of them. What about this... Um, Mike Acevo scored four tries in this game. A couple of them toward the end, he didn't have to do terribly much. But forget about that. Four tries is an achievement itself. They've really, or have they really, found a replacement for Sammy Radradra? If I asked you to compare the two, what would you, what would you think? I'd go Sevo at the moment. Like, he's been on fire. Um, I thought after the 10-week break through the pandemic that he'd come back, he looked a bit heavy. But he, I think they played Brisbane the first round back and he looked a bit tired, but he's unbelievable play. He's a fan f- favourite. Um, he's been outstanding for him. He carries out of, the, out of their own end as well. Mm. Unbelievable. He's bumping people off. He's, he's an outstanding player and a great asset for Para. Doesn't it make you wonder, though, boys, just me as a spectator, when you look at these outside backs like your Sivos or your Rad Radras, these giant-sized wingers, how are the little wingers... And the little fullbacks, the future in the game, I don't see that they're going to have a much of a part to play because everybody more and more and more are talking about, you know, how many 
metres your, 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 your winger makes on the kick return. Well, it's funny, you know, like I think in every good side, you really need your back five to be firing. Like even when we won the comp in 2016, mm. we relied so much on our back five. And when I say back five, that's our fullback, our two wingers and our centres mm. to really get us off into a, a, a good start. They, really good, strong carries, creating momentum through the ruck. We, as forwards, can have a bit of a break and then we can front load our energy into our defence. And what you're seeing at the moment is a really good size. They've got really good, big outside backs or getting the forwards on the front foot and then they're sort of going from there. So, yeah, look, I, I, I sort of tend to agree with you at the moment, but um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get proven wrong because there's some class uh, young guys out there that aren't real big. They haven't got all that um, size behind them, but they've got footwork, speed, agility, um, and, and, you know, you can't coach speed for me. Okay, Sharks 40, Gold Coast Titans 10. I want to talk a little bit about the Sharks because you're both ex-Sharks players and you're mates with Johnny Morris. And I... I, I, I ask how anybody can be critical of this bloke at the moment. He got him to the finals last year uh, he, and he's got three wins in a row now. We saw in the back end of that game against the Titans last week what they're capable of doing. Johnny Morris is doing a great job. Yeah, he is. He, well, Flano's, they're Flano signings to be honest. Dugan, uh, Johnson, who's the other one? Moylan. Mm. So uh, Johnny hasn't had his stamp on the team in recruitment yet and he's still doing a great job. Um, three in a row now. I think they're yeah. playing really good footy. Um, there's a bit of, you know, they'll bit up and down at, at stages through the year, but um, they've hit a bit of form. I love Chad Townsend as a player. He's um, when we're all there, he was outstanding with his leadership as a he's a youngish guy. Um, great halfback. He's consistently always good, and um, it's good to see him hitting back and three in a row. The other thing about the Sharks too is that, and um, you know, Johnny Morris is that he's debuted a lot of these young kids coming through. Mm. Had a lot to do with them in the under 20s, which is a, a really good. Uh, you know, thing moving forward. But Ford Bomber, the hardest things for him is to be able to actually recruit over the next year or two because they've got that salary cap fine that's sitting there. Yeah, he won't be able to bring you know, players from outside into this group. Um, I still believe uh, you know, these young kids are going to need a couple more senior guys around them, especially Wado. Wado's a, a great leader, but he probably needs another couple of guys that yeah. he can sort of yeah. you know, bounce some ideas off. And I think injuries for me is, is going to be their biggest problem again. You know, poor Matty Morland's having a, a lot of... Um, you know, hard times with his hemi at the moment. So I think if the club can put a little bit of focus on getting him to see the right people, get his whole body straightened out, and keep him on the park mm. more often than not, that'd probably be the best thing for the Sharkies. Well, I think a lot of the a lot of coaches at the moment are under the microscope, but I think of all that deserve a, 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 a decent crack, it's got to be Bomber. Now, boys, this game, we're going to have to talk about this game in a little bit more detail. The Warriors 26, the Broncos 16. That's now, what's that, six straight losses for the Broncos. Now they're starting to say, well, maybe... Maybe Seabold gets eight games. Well, what happens if the, he gets eight games and he wins one of them? I mean, where does he go from here, Anthony Seabold? I mean, they've lost six straight. Do you think people are? Uh, no, I don't think anyone's ever ra- ra- raised this. Are we overreacting? Is six game losing six games in a row? Is are we overreacting? Oh. I don't think we're overreacting because it's a Broncos side and you don't expect that to happen. And, you know, they've got a, if you look at their squad, they've actually got 19 players out of the, say, I think 26 or 30 that have all played some sort of representative football. So they need to be doing a lot better than what they're doing. Mm. But the same thing is, is that it's that snowball effect. If you start losing, you know how to lose. And if you start winning, you know how to win. Uh, at the moment, they just don't remember how to win. I do believe that, again, they haven't got a whole lot of leaders in that group. 
Uh, you do need that to, and it's not shown on the footy field, it's shown away from the footy field on, on what needs to be a real focus and how we need to move forward. So I think that's probably one of their biggest problems. But at the same time, they're all out there trying to win. I, just, I, I look at it as a player, we don't go out there to lose, we go out there to do our best and, and try and win. But at the moment, they're just pulling all in different directions. Somehow they need to come onto the same page, really focus in on how they're going to execute the game plan and get to a win. But if they continue to snowball, it's going to get worse and worse. And now at the moment, they're taking the field thinking, I hope we don't lose today. Yeah, I hope we don't yeah. lose today. Whereas other teams are going on the field and say, hang in there against the Broncos. We'll get our opportunities. And when we get in front, they will spiral. That's how teams are taking it. So, yeah, for me, the Broncos are just got to really dig deep for a couple of weeks, really try and play hard and tough football and wait for their opportunities, be patient with it. And then when they get in front, just believe it's going to happen mm. for you. Stop thinking, don't lose. Yeah. Well, in that game – they were winning 10 6 at half time. They were on top. They were yeah, playing they really 10-0 well. 10 0 at one stage. And the Warriors stopped a few tries um, with effort and they went into half time 10 6. And I interviewed uh, Alex Glenn after the game. I go, Where'd you lose the game? And he thought the start of the second half. So they probably, like Groover said, too much thinking about losing. You know, the half time, they had a bit of 12 minutes to, to rest and regroup and they didn't come out the side they were in the first half. But um, I reckon there's a lot of talk through the media. They've got to put their phones away and focus on playing and getting a win again. Okay, so just. Very quickly before I go to the next game, it's starting to run out of time here. But you two, as hard-hitting rugby league reporters with the ABC, <laughs> let me ask you the question: Can Anthony Seabold survive? Well, from go- going from the, the the reports of what I heard from Billy Moore, I, I don't think so. But mate, he's only what two years in now. Um, he's yeah, got three, year he's and a half. Got, yeah, yeah, year and a half. Well, he's still got three years up your belt. So I think he's, those three years behind him might. Get him through the year, but I think he needs to start getting some runs on the board. And they pay him eight hundred thousand a year, which is just a little bit more than they give me to do this podcast, <laughs> but not much more, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, Panthers, Tigers, Panthers nineteen, Tigers twelve. I want to just talk about the um, the the Joey Leilua thing. By geez, he's got some silliness in him, Joey Leilua. But then you said he should get sixteen weeks. <laughs> I mean, talk about carrying on like a good uh, sword. Yeah, I was sixteen. On. What was? What were you on the line oh, next? That was, that's the old heat of the moment, heat oh, of the right. battle, you know. But um, when I first saw, it, I went, "Oh, mate, send him off and give him sixteen weeks." More of a bit of a you know, blow it out of proportion. Just trying to paint a picture to the people that are listening that it was pretty bad, you know. Yeah. But look, I, I do feel for BJ a little because he's a great football player. And his, his brother, Luciano, just went down with a high shot. You could see that he had that red mist that he wanted to pay back his brother. So he's just that protective instinct sort yeah, of kicked yeah. in. Mm. Then I was watching really closely for about you know, 10, 15 minutes and I was waiting for it. But he would get the ball run hard and direct straight at, and they were great carries. He'd really come up with some nice, quick, clean play the balls. But he was waiting for someone just to push him over the edge. Nothing happened, nothing happened. And obviously Panthers got in front and um, that was Dylan Edwards. Then he's looked up. They know the game can't... Um, can't be one now and he sort of looked up and he just gave him a, a bit of a, a shot but the thing for me is that you know that's the the nature of the game you know sportsmanship and I, I didn't like it because I didn't think it was in the right nature of the game it painted a bad picture for our for our mm. uh, game in in general but look I know he probably didn't mean it and now he looks back and goes it was just a brain explosion but um, if the Tigers are going to get continue the way they're going and, and continue to move up they need him on the field all right Louis can the Panthers win the comp do you think mate Absolutely they can. I think they're a great side from 1 to 17. Even young guys that are sitting on the bench and are getting their opportunity. They can play football. Um, they've got two really good halves. I thought uh, Jerome Luai probably played his best game on the weekend. Uh, their forward pack is playing excellent. So I do believe they can win the comp. Chris, I, I, I'm a massive fan of Michael Maguire. Yep. And so I know him as a human being. I think he's good for people, whether they play football or not, 
and he's been good for this Tigers squad. Can he get them into the eight and in the next few years, how far can he take them? Well, I think he can get them into the eight. He seems to be a coach who wants them to work really hard and he picks a team on effort and one percenters. Um, they've got some trademarks there. If you don't live up to it, you're out. Um, and they've built a lot of consistency this year considering they haven't played in a final series for a very long time. I think since I left back in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I like him. I reckon they're uh, well balanced across the team. Um, he's doing a good job. They've just got to try and win a few more games in a row. Okay. Uh, then Newcastle, 14, Manly, 12. Manly have been on the the, the wrong end of a, a couple of really bad decisions this year and late last year too, if I'm being fair income. But the Knights beat them 14-12. Uh, on the back of it all, Adam Fanua Blake has copped a two-week suspension for calling the referee and an effing retard. And I think to call someone that is pretty disgraceful. If I'm being fair, Dinkum, I don't know if I think two weeks is long enough, Louis. Yeah, look, um, for me at first, I, I put myself in your shoes. I've been super frustrated. I'm super competitive. I know the game's on yep. the line. I do it at training every now and then when we get our trainers who will uh, you know, blow the wrong call and I'll blow up at them. But um, it's just because I hate losing anything. Like I said earlier about a bet, I hate losing it. Um, I can understand where he's come from. Look, I didn't like what he did, but one thing I can give him credit for is the way that he handled it after the game. Yep. That he come out and he said, you know, he, he apologised straight away. He knew he was in the wrong Um you know, sometimes you do things out of the heat of moment that you don't really, uh, you're not proud of. I think that's something that's happened here to for Noel Blake. But again, I'm going to give him credit for the way that he's uh, reacted off the field. So yeah, look, I, I think I thought he was going to get a week. I think two weeks is, um, you know, a, a fair punishment. But um, you know, he, he will look at it and say, you know, I've done the wrong thing. I'm letting my teammates down mm. now. But again, I love the way he plays football, and I love his uh, combination with Marty Tapao. And I'm going to give him credit for the way that he handled it off the ground. Chris, what about you finish your career, obviously, with the Knights yep. and you were part of that, um, you know, transition for the club. You would have helped a lot of these young kids get to the next level. But where Adam O'Brien is a coach, do you know anything about him? Are you hearing any reports? How far can the Knights go this year? They can go really far. Adam O'Brien, they talk about him being a hard worker. Um, they all, they're, they're, everything's defence-based. Um, in previous years, it's been a bit more attack-based, but um, he's an effort-type coach as well. I talked to Ponga and um, Connor a fair bit, and they're loving him. They're, um, they smash the training. They work really hard, and um, the coaches brought hard work, discipline, and, you know, um, winnings, you know, and then they're winning games off the back of it. You know, they're going really well. Obviously, that four, they didn't play their best, but they're still winning not playing at their best as well. Um, yeah, I reckon they'll probably be in the top six, but I don't know how far they can go from there. Okay, my Rabbitohs, glory, glory, 26 to 10 over the Bulldogs. The Rabbitohs will be fine if you didn't know that Luke Keary is on loan to the Roosters. So as soon as he comes back, like Harry Grant goes back to the Storm, Luke Keary comes back to South, so everything will be fine. But the Doggies signed Luke Thompson, who's been the big signing from the, the English Super League. So perfect world. He, he plays good. Adam Elliott always gives. Josh Jackson, but... P- and then if Kieran Foran's fit, perhaps – but that, that they need to get some meat on the bones, don't they? Yeah, I'm not too sure where the Bulldogs are at the moment. But yeah, one thing I like about the Bulldogs is their effort. Yes. Uh, they have a crack. Uh, they don't give up. They're, they're trying to work for each other in, in the team. So that's what you, you ask for. But, um, yeah, 
I, I think they still need a couple of real big, hard-nosed guys in the middle uh, to really let, to lay a good platform. And Kieran Foran has to be on the field so much more. Uh, we can't see him come on the field, you know, two or three weeks on and yeah. a couple of weeks out because he's so vital uh, to the Bulldogs' attack and, and defence and leadership. So, yeah, look, I, I'm a little bit sort of unsure about the doggies, but I think they're moving in the right direction. And uh, the Rabbits, for me, um, I think, again, they're probably just a little bit short through the middle as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they're a great side, but I'd love to see a couple of really big, strong forwards in that group to give um, – Cook some opportunity yeah, to dummy half because yeah. I, I think the way the game is at the moment, um, I expect a Cook to be like ridiculously uh, good the way the game is going. But uh, I think he just needs a couple of guys to really lay that platform for him. Okay, boys, let's have a quick look at round nine and then we'll uh, move on. So uh, rounds nine to 12, obviously a lot more teams will be returning to their home grounds, which is good news. So first of all, a side that's probably been disappointing again this year at the Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Chris, who do you like, the Cowboys or the Roosters? Nah, Roosters, too good, too strong. They're well balanced across the board. Yeah, really? Roosters 100%. I think North Queensland's injuries are killing them at the moment. I've got to tell you, boys, you know you've made it as a rugby league caller when you've called every Titans game this year. I've called every <laughs> Titans game. It's uh, Dizzy Heights, I know. Titans-Warriors, I'll be calling that game. Woo! Who do you like there, Chris? I'm going Warriors. Um, after their win last on the weekend, there was effort there. Todd Payton's doing a good job. Um, I reckon they'll win in a close one. Yeah, I might just go against him just to keep it. I'm sort of 50-50, but I'll go Gold, Gold Coast to win up there. Uh, New Zealand play really well at the Central Coast, but they haven't been too good on the road. So I'm going to stick with that theory. Okay, and then we've got Rabbitohs, West Tigers. Now, this should be a good game. Uh, Michael Maguire up against his old club, and the Rabbitohs really starting to to need to, to get a few wins together. They are outside of the eight at the moment, and if they do win, well, they'll leapfrog the West Tigers. This is a close one for me, but... Um I'll go the Rabbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not mm-hmm. sure why, but I'm going the Rabbits. Like, I like the Rabbits, but I'm going to go the West Tigers. But in saying that, I'm not 100% confident because BJ's not out there. I think they yeah. do need BJ Lalu out in the, in, on the park for them to go really well, but I'll stick with the Tigers to win. Okay, then we move on to Saturday. Sharkies, who have won three in a row, up against the Panthers, who sit in second position on 13 points at the moment. This is going to be, as Gordy Tallis would say, a ding-dong battle. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you're probably not... Not good to ask me about this because I don't tip against the Sharks ever. Right. And I don't ever tip against the Panthers. So just put me a line through that. I always tip Panthers draw. and Sharks, my two clubs. So I'll stick with a draw, yeah. Okay. Who do you, which club do you like the most, Panthers or Yeah, that's nine? a good question. Well, mate, I was a Penrith supporter <laughs> when I was a kid. Played for the Panthers, won the comp. So it was, but then won the comp, which is the best year of my life in 2016. I had my daughter there with me as well. So I can't, I seriously can't pick. Can't pick. That's, that's sitting on the fence. I'm going to go the Sharkies just yeah. on the back of um, three in a row. Bit of confidence. Now, this is, again, a game that's got a lot of interest for perhaps a lot of wrong reasons. Broncos, Dogs. Now, consider this, boys. If the Dogs can beat the Broncos, I think on percentages, that would leapfrog the Dogs over the Broncos and looks like handing them last place. Look, I I wouldn't be prepared to tip the Dogs at the moment, Chris. I I mean the Broncos. I think it's a hard one because the team list isn't out. Yeah, it, it, and he, there's talk that they're, some of their higher-profile players Stags, are getting dropped. So um, coming and back, coming and, back, and yeah. a few might be dropped. So yeah. it's a hard one to pick, but um, I'm going to pick the Broncos for that one. Yeah, I'm going to go the Bulldogs purely because I think the Broncos at the moment just keep questioning themselves. I'd like to see them win because I hate seeing you know players that are out there and and given everything they've got and coming off of you know emotional. But uh, I'll stick with the Canterbury Bulldogs. I think they're uh, they've been 
you know, taking a step in the right direction. Now, this game should be a beauty. The Raiders always aim up against the Melbourne Storm. Now, this game's at GIO Stadium in Canberra. It's Saturday night, so make sure you're home to watch it. The Raiders and the Melbourne Storm, Chris? Yeah, I'm going to go Raiders. Like you said, they're always good against Melbourne, so I'm backing the Raiders at home. They've got a lot of injuries too, yeah. the, uh, the Raiders, but um, this is a tough one for me, but I'll, I just because he went Raiders, I'm going to go Storm. Oh. <laughs> and I think mm. the Storm will be full of confidence the way that they played against mm. the Roosters last week, so um, tough game. Newcastle Knights up against Parramatta. Now, at the moment, of course, Parramatta are in, in – first position on 14 points they look to be the benchmark a lot of people might suggest that they peaking too early well you blokes are the experts on this but they take on fourth place Newcastle Luke Lewis let's start with you yeah I'm going to stick with Parramatta I think they're just full of confidence everyone knows their role uh, they're enjoying the um, the battle uh, as I like to say and uh, no one's taking a backward step and I think that left edge is super uh, for, for Parramatta and I think they'll cause all sorts of damage uh, I think Parramatta will win this game I want to go to Newcastle. They, they look really good at home the first two rounds before we had that break, and um, they got their fans there. So I'm going to pick Newcastle. I think they'll play well. Your two and sons, you can't go against them. Well, no. I, I like Newcastle, <laughs> and um, I love. I used to love playing there, and the fans get behind you, and yeah. I reckon they'll, they'll um, get the win on that one. That Newcastle side, you know, McCulloch, Pierce, uh, you know, Connor Watt, when they're all fit, Connor Watson, Kalen Ponga. Rabin Best. Rabin Best. Yeah. They should, they should be yeah. red, you know, when Just the whips are cracking. That young kid too, Tex Hoy. Is a yeah. Oh, yeah, really he's like been coming off the bench doing player. really well. Yeah. When I was there in 2018, he was coming through training full time and he's come a long way since then. If, if I could have, if I picked back then, if he would play first grade, I would have said no. Yeah. But he's hung around um, Connor Watson and and Caelan Ponga and become really good mates and you end up being who your mates are and really talented kid and his, um, his actions are showing on the field and doing a real good job. The last game, boys, the Dragons, poor old Mary McGregor, you know what they say, if, if he fell into a bucket of tits, he'd come out sucking his thumb. He just cannot, <laughs> he just cannot at the moment get a break. The Dragons up against Manly. This game is at uh, Jubilee Stadium in the beautiful Botany Bay area of Sydney. Who do you like here, boys? I'll... Geez, this is a tough one because I think Adam Fanil Blake had a huge loss for yeah, him. Yep. No turbo, no walker. Mm. Only a Dragons. Yeah, I'm going with you after that. They're three of their big names. The Dragons are trying hard, but they're just not staying in the game. I think they'll come out and get a win. Well, boys, you, have d- you two have done an outstanding job. It must be all that work on ABC Radio with with my man Andrew Moore. He's a good fella, isn't he, Andrew? He's a legend. Yeah. Mate, one of the best. Good bloke when he's asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoying the radio. <laughs> I do. I absolutely yeah. love it. Having mm. a ball. We've got a great side, great team around mm. us. Love being in a team environment. So, and we get to do something we love, which is core football. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Anymore. Happy days. Before you go, boys, let me ask you the question: Who was your football hero growing up? First to you, Hino. Oh, used to be Wayne Pierce. Oh yeah. Um, there's a hard worker, Bowman. Um, yeah, she'll love watching. Then I got to meet him a few times. He come in to train a couple of times and. Yeah, just his work ethic, just yeah, just loved the way he played. I got two. Brad Fittler, obviously, mm-hmm. Penrith boy, uh, loved him. Uh, had the opportunity to play Origin with him and Bradley Clyde. Those two guys I um, just love watching. Yeah. yeah. So I can't get past those two. I love you, blokes. I wish you all the best with your uh, career on the ABC. Thank you. I hope you rate well, not too well, but just, you know, <laughs> just keep ticking along there. Hey, the boys are going to sign a retro Sharks jersey. This is a great one here for like the, the 73 or the 78 grand final. But it's got the Brewers on the front there, not the Four Pines where we all drink at. But, 
But we'll get uh, Luke and Chris to sign that and we're going to do a silent auction. So if you want to submit your best offer, uh, name and contact deals, email it to info at legendsofleague.com.au. So two Sharks legends of the 2016 Grand Final, both clocked over 300-plus games in 2017. They are legends of the game. Uh, great blokes too. They're going to sign that for you and we will put that on our website for a silent auction. Louis, always good to see you, brother. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on. And uh, Chris, back on the Central Coast. Give everybody a tip for what they can do to keep fit um, if they haven't got a gym. Go and see Luke Lewis. He, yes, he looks <laughs> fantastic. Nah, get just, running, get running. 100%. Get up and just be active every day yeah, do yeah. something. Get running. We'll get moving. Yeah, get moving. If you don't move, you rust. Happy days. All right. I'll take there you are. You don't that's the only place you're gonna hear that. Words of wisdom. If you don't move, you'll rust. See you next time on the Legends of League podcast. Well, that's another week of the Legends of League podcast. As always, thanks to our partners that we love very much, Four Pines Brewing Company. Give them a follow on social media if you can. The handle is at Four Pines Beer or check out their website. That's always good. Four, the number four, fourpinesbeer.com.au. Now, next week we are pleased to announce Colourful Rugby League identity, Todd Carney joins myself and Luke Lewis for another edition. Please make sure you hit subscribe so that you're first to know once a new episode is released. And you can find us on social media at Legends of League AUS to catch all our exclusive content and announcements. Once again, thank you so much for all your support. Catch you next time on the Legends of League podcast. <laughs>